And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Veep Thoughts.com has all the Veep Thoughts from Kamala Harris. Make sure to check it out. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. Use the promo code Stu to save 10 bucks. If you're watching this on YouTube or wherever you are, click like right this instant. We'd appreciate it. Uh, senior editor at TheBlaze.com, Daniel Horowitz, is going to come by today to explain why the energy crisis is worse than you think. But we start by doing the pandemic handout heist. Oh, and this is going to be one of the most shocking segments and next couple of years that you could possibly imagine. There's something weird about when we just try to throw trillions of dollars at various uh, ideas that we have, uh, regardless of the intent, that brings out scammers, people who really want a big chunk of that money. Surely that's not going on in Ukraine right now, though. Definitely not. No way. There's another 11 billion going that direction here, approved by the Senate uh, today. Maybe we'll get into that in a little while. But and that's a place where if everything's working the correct way, we send them things that explode. So how would we even know if they were wasted? I mean, God only knows how much money is going to get stolen over there. But that is a totally different story. Trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars were spent here in the United States on covid. And, you know, you can understand some of it, right? If the government's going to make you essentially close down your business, if the government's going to make you stay in your house and not go to work, there's a question of, as to whether they can do can do those things. But while that's happening, you can't just do that to people and then make them starve at home. You have to give them some way to pay for food and shelter and rent and all the things that they're supposed to be paying for. So there, of course, was A giant influx of money poured into the economy, which is now, of course, leading to all the inflation that we're seeing not only here, but all around the world. But some people were not exactly so scared about the pandemic. They were scared about uh, and they certainly weren't scared (laughs) about the government getting mad at them. They just decided they were going to go scam these government programs to an extent that is probably never going to fully be uncovered. And that's part of the equation, I guess, that that the government went into. I mean, we all know they weren't going to be able to keep this under control. And there was an idea at the very beginning that, look, everything got shut down without notice. We can't sit here and check every single one of these loan applications or grant applications because we're never going to be able to get through all the paperwork. There's too much happening at once. We basically just have to say yes to everybody who comes by. Shockingly, that policy brought out a few scammers. Mm-hmm. I know it's shocking. There's all sorts of programs that were scammed during the pandemic, and we're really only getting the very, very beginning of this right now. Uh, For example, the uh, economic injury disaster loans, this is from the Small Business uh, Administration, they were loans. And basically what you could do is you say, hey, my business shut down and I made a bunch of money last year and now I'm basically making none. So I need a, a bunch of money. And you would apply for that and they wouldn't give you 
all of the money, because that would be obviously ridiculous. If you're saying you're making a million dollars a month, they weren't going to give you a million dollars a month without checking. But what they did decide to do for the very short term was give you $10,000. Now, you could go to one of these loans and say, hey, I would like one of these loans. And then you would receive, this, is ac- this actually happened in this country. You would receive a $10,000 application fee. Now, you wouldn't pay $10,000 to apply for the loan. No, no. You would be paid to apply for the loan. So you would go in and you'd say, hey, I want a bunch of money in a loan, and I need you to give me $10,000 right up front until you uh, have time to approve that loan. And they would say yes. And then later on, they might find out that you don't even own a business, for example. Maybe you don't own a business that earns anything. Well, you'd get to keep the $10,000. That is legitimately how the program operated, and people scammed this thing like crazy. $10,000 to everyone who applied all the way into the summer of 2020. People applying like crazy, applying multiple times with multiple fake businesses, getting $10,000, $10,000, $10,000, $10,000, and there's no way for the government to really come back and claw that back. Now, This happened all over the place, and they're just really trying to go after now some of the worst offenders for these things. Um, Basically, the way these programs worked in this moment was typically there are many, many layers of of people who check to see if there's fraud. Now, we all know they miss a ton of it already. But during the pandemic, they basically closed down most of the ways that you could check on really suspicious behavior. In Minnesota, there's a case, and we talked about it a little bit uh, last week, where uh, a, a charity that was feeding children uh, decided to go through and, 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 and feed many more children than they had previously. Now, the issue with this was there really wasn't anybody to check to see if they were actually feeding children or not, except for one layer called the sponsor layer. Now, the sponsor layer... Uh, is supposed to get the money from the government and dish it out to places that are appropriate. In other words, they're they're supposed to be checking to see if this money is really going to, let's say, feed children. Um, now, all of this oversight was so bad at this time that there were actually people who were making YouTube videos about how to scam the system. It was like super out in the open. And there were even rappers uh, who actually made raps about how to scam the government and how excited they were scamming the government because it was so freaking easy. This is, this is not just me saying this, by the way. You know, Mr. Uh, conservative, he's against government spending. No, no, no. This is from the New York Times. Listen. The example that struck me about all this was there was a guy in California, a rapper. He used the name Nuke Bizzle. That was his stage name. Made a music video about stealing from the unemployment system. He called the song EDD, which is for the California Employment Development Department. That's the department that paid unemployment benefits. And in the video, he flashes envelopes, multiple envelopes of gift cards. And that's how the California pays out unemployment benefits. It gives you a prepaid card. He's got like 30 envelopes laid out on his bed. And that's how easy it was. And that illustrated something about this system that like 
He's not that afraid of getting caught. Right, if he's publicly bragging about it. Yeah, he's, and he named, it's not like he's even using euphemism. He's using the name of the agency <laughs> he's stealing from. Um, I think that gives you a sense of how widespread that was. There was just a report that came out from the Labor Department's Inspector General, which estimated that the amount of money stolen just from unemployment benefits could be over $45 billion. Wow. Uh, $45 billion. Dollars. Now, I know, you're, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking to yourself, I am just stunned that California did not keep this, <laughs> this program under control. It's just a shocking, shocking development. I mean, Gavin Newsom is so on t- top of everything. I'm stunned this didn't work out right. Uh, and I know, it's shocking. And the other thing you're thinking is, why do those guys keep talking? I wanted to hear more of that incredible rap song. And I understand that. I I thought the same thing myself. That's why I went to the internet and found it. And here's a nice clip for you. I just been swiping for EVD. Go to the bank and stack at least. This is here better than selling peas. I made some rent that I couldn't believe. Ten car, then two hundred bond. I got a shot at the Donald Trump. I just might swipe me a long song. I'm in New York having money for. I done got rich on my EVD. I ain't hit no more liquors than EVD. And just last night I was selling peas. I it's. For, for those who aren't aficionados of this particular uh, rap artiste, uh, Nuke Bizzle, you might not have understood that completely. So let me give you it. Um, I've been swiping for EDD. Go to the bank, get a stack at least. Uh, there's, some, there's some swear words in this. I know that's going to be surprising. Um, goes on to say 10 cards. That's 200 large. Now, I believe they say hunted, but I, but I believe that means 100. So that's just something... For, uh, for those out there that aren't necessarily in touch with the community. Um, but they do, in the song, give a shout out to Donald Trump. So we got some bipartisan stuff going on there. Wonderful. They are very happy about that. Uh, they go on to say uh, they woke up to 300 G's. Now, again, for those who are not particularly experts in this field, 300 G's means $300,000. A lot of people claiming a lot of things, publicly bragging about the fraud against the government. Amazing. Now, in Minnesota, we were talking about this one group called Feeding Our Future. Mm-hmm. Feeding Our Future. This is a group that fed children in need. Yes, they love children, and they fed them while they were in need. Now, normally, they had a budget of about $3.4 million. Uh, they didn't have an accountant on staff. They were a small operation. $3.4 million when you're dealing with the government, obviously not that much. We do even Now, it's more money than you'll ever pay in your entire life in taxes. I want you to think about that to this one crappy program uh, in a normal year, not even the pandemic year. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they were feeding about 4,000 kids a year. All right, hey, look, we want kids to eat. I'm never going to choose the government as the place to come up with that, but okay, we want, make, want to make sure kids uh, get to eat. Well, during the pandemic, they went from feeding 4,000 to 400,000 children. And you might think to yourself, that doesn't seem likely. Doesn't seem likely. Um, they added 200 new sites to their operation during the pandemic. Now remember, this is a time you can't even like, walk outside. They added 200 sites. And instead of handling $3.4 million a year, it went up to $200 million a year. Now, right off the bat, you might think, hmm, that sounds a little suspicious. Uh, But, of course, the government wasn't checking. They weren't even checking to see if the sites existed. They weren't going to uh, look to see if you even had a building. Uh, There was a guy uh, who was 
feeding, he claimed, 5,000 children a day within this program. And this is a little suspicious. Now, it's just a guy, first of all. I mean, it'd be hard. Would you, if you had to feed 5,000 children today and you weren't, you know, Jesus and could break bread and, and, you know, chop up some fish, you might have some problems doing that, right? Might be a little difficult. Well, this guy was doing it from the comfort of his tiny one-bedroom apartment. Yes, in a building where you had to buzz in each time to get in. So you'd think maybe the people in the uh, apartment complex would notice this if 5,000 children were coming to this guy's apartment every day. First of all, I'd be suspicious for other reasons. But secondly, I'd be suspicious because it doesn't seem like that's the appropriate number of, uh, of kids to, uh, to bring into an apartment. And again, you're serving the kids, what, from your kitchen? How is this working? Um, and what was going on is, of course, they were just turning in fake names over and over and over and over again. This is a big problem. They would make up these big spreadsheets with names. They would be fake names. And then, of course, what would happen at the end? They'd turn them into the government and no, seemingly nobody would notice. Um, here is a, the New York Times pod, podcast again telling you about exactly how well they were really pulling the wool over the government's eyes. In other cases, they had to submit a roster of names of the kids they said they were serving. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, those rosters, which would go to Feeding Our Future, were obviously false. And just to give you one example, one group, if you looked at their roster, every one of the names contained a hyperlink to a site called listofrandomnames.com. <laughs> so they, they clearly just copied a bunch of names. They just made up the names of kids, but they weren't creative enough to actually make up the names. They borrowed them from a site of made up names. Exactly. And in one case, 500 consecutive names, the first name and last name all started with the same letter. The <laughs> age column, because they had to put the age for every child, there was a code embedded in that, an Excel code that randomized the ages between 7 and 17. Again, they didn't go to the trouble of like thinking up ages for all these kids. They just randomized it. Yeah, and if you, don't, if you know, um, if you've ever used a spreadsheet like that where you have a, a, a number randomizer, you know, it, if, you, if you do new calculations, a lot of times it will recalculate the random number. So if you put any random number between 7 and 17 and then you change the spreadsheet in any way or open it up again, it will change. So every time they were turning in the list from month to month, the kids would like change ages. They would go from like five years old and then they'd be 14 years old and then they'd be eight years old the next month and then 12 the month after that and over and on and on and on and on and on again. This is not a high level operation, but again, nobody was checking. Nobody was looking. There was no one to do any due diligence to see as we were throwing out hundreds of millions of dollars, nobody checked at all. Um, now, what's fascinating about this is beyond the normal, typical level of fraud that you'd expect, this one was notable because it was so egregious, right? You'd think to yourself, well, how, can, how could nobody have noticed this? Well, here's the thing. They actually did notice it. The state noticed very early that this had to be a scam of some sort. So they said, we're not going to give you any more money. We're not giving Feeding Our Future any more money. What did Feeding Our Future do? They sued the government. Now, that's a ballsy step when you're in the middle of a giant fraud like this, but they, they basically sued the government, and their accusation you might find familiar from every other aspect of life these days. They were an organization based uh, largely in, the, uh, in, a, in an African immigrant sort of um, uh, uh, section of town, and they were like, well, you're just being racist against us because we're feeding Africans. And so that went up to court and the court said, yeah, you got to keep giving them money. 
incredible. They basically used woke, a woke argument. They, they accused the state of racism and were able to su- succeed somehow with this argument because they said, oh, we've got East African immigrants, so we can't, uh, you guys are just being racist against us. Now, this is an obvious fraud. The, the state winds up going to the FBI and saying, look, I know we got you know, blown up in court on this, but can you continue to check this out? Because this is obviously uh, fraudulent. And they go through this process and they find eventually down the road, allegedly, that many of these scammers had bought all sorts of things, uh, everything from um, uh, cryptocurrency, cars, guns. Of course, um, they went to Las Vegas. At a, they went, they rented exotic cars. They uh, they bought you know, a mosque. All right, they bought a mosque. Um, they bought a bar. Like I, you're buying businesses. Like, did you not think people would find out? Well, eventually they did here, and the total amount taken was uh, almost a quarter of a billion dollars, $240 million. They've been able to recover maybe like one-fifth of this so far, uh, which is really saying something that they've even been able to, to reclaim that much, but they're not going to probably get much more than this. This is your money down the tubes. Again, more money than you will ever spend in your entire life on taxes, and everybody you know and their entire life on taxes, and everybody they know and their entire life on taxes. All of that money combined will not even pay for the f- one fraud in this program, this one tiny story out of thousands won't even pay for that. Your entire life and everybody you know and everybody they know all combined are paying taxes their entire life to possibly fund part of one fraudulent organization against the government. How does that make you feel about tax day? Good? Does that make you feel good? Made me feel good. But luckily, that guy did get his YouTube rap video out of it, which is fantastic. Um, now, you might think to yourself, OK, well, yes, this is this is one big organization. They were able to at least you know, get these people charged. There will be other big charges against other big groups. But remember the beginning of this when we were talking about the $10,000. You could go and get $10,000 for free, even if they didn't approve. They found later on that your, your uh, application was BS and it did not apply. You'd get to keep the $10,000. This is just complete insanity. Well, how many of those can they claw back? Because if they could claw back a lot of those, maybe that would help pay for some of the other fraud that was in the program. Well, they have an idea about how many of these people who took the $10,000 they've been able to find so far. And the number is pretty impressive. Listen. Hmm. There have, have not been any prosecutions where, as far as we can tell, where the only offense was you got a $10,000 grant, and that was it. There was no other aggravating factors. Uh, and what the federal law enforcement told us was, that, look, it cost us more than $10,000 to investigate that Fascinating. case. And we think the money's probably gone. There's no money to recoup. Somebody who got $10,000 in April 2020 has spent it. There's no money to get out of them now. So ultimately what you're saying is a lot of people are going to get away with stealing from the federal government. And that's pretty striking because not only is this a story perhaps of the most widespread fraud that I can remember in modern U.S. history, it may be the most widespread case of the government letting people get away with fraud. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None. They've prosecuted a total of none. None people. None. Zero. Nobody. All the people who went there with false applications just pocketed $10,000. Think about all of the pain in the ass crap 
the government makes you do. Think of all the times that you've been hassled over little things that you may have done wrong in paperwork, or sometime you get to, you got a speeding ticket for going six miles an hour over the speed limit. These people were taking $10,000 at a clip, and none of them, none of them have been prosecuted. None. That's the country you live in. And by the way, that went through a Republican and a Democratic administration. None. They got none of them. None. Can you believe this crap actually happens? And we have not even begun to scratch the surface as to how much money has been stolen from the government, which was stolen from you, and then on the other end, because you didn't get it hard enough the first way, on the other end, you're paying for it again through inflation. Thanks a lot. This worked out really, really well. Someone once said maybe we should have a limited government that wouldn't be capable of such craziness. But here we are. We have terrible people and a terrible government and total incompetence. And it all comes together to screw you over and over and over again. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be many, many times worse if you're not working with the right agent or if you couldn't get $10,000 free dollars from the government for no reason. Wouldn't it be nice? It's so much easier to buy a home when you could just say that you're feeding children and then steal the money and then buy the home. Now, realestateagentsitrust.com, unfortunately, not a scam website. They can't help you um, screw the government over or screw the American taxpayer. But what they can do is get you the best agent in your market. No matter where you are in America, if you're buying a home, if you're selling a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com first. Make sure you get matched up with the best agent in your area to make that transaction go the best way possible. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there today, give them some info. They'll get you connected to the best agent in your town. realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. I want to bring in Daniel Horowitz on the program. He's a senior editor at TheBlaze.com, host of the Conservative Review podcast on Blaze Podcast Network, of course, and author of the book Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with New New Nuremberg Trial. I'll never be able to say that right. So this never happens again. Daniel, how's it going? That's certainly a mouthful. Great to be back with you, Stu. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it. I want to talk to you about the uh, the energy crisis, which I don't think is getting enough attention. This is, I, mean, I think it's hitting Europe first and harder right at this moment, but it's not going to just stay there. It's going to be hitting us as well. Can you kind of give us a picture as to what we're looking at here in the next few months through the winter and beyond that? It's really COVID 2.0 in many respects in that it's a controlled demolition. They created the problem in order that they have a ready-made solution there. Um, You know, mass vaccination, remember that? That's the green energy. That's the new way of living, eating bugs, not eating meat, um, walking instead of driving anywhere. Um, As the World Economic Forum says, having nothing and being happy with it by 2030. Um, You're absolutely right. If not for God's blessing of us with resources, particularly the advent of fracking, we would be exactly where Europe is. Because what they did was strategically over the last decade, cut the legs out from under coal, the coal industry. So 
we have lost more than half of our coal-fired power plants. Uh, most of our electricity used to be from coal. It's not. Luckily, we had natural gas to replace it from the war on coal, but they strategically ensured that we didn't build enough pipelines, particularly in the Northeast where they need it. Then they go pedal to the metal with this war in Ukraine, funding it with no real plan of what you're trying to accomplish. And then they strategically, again, at the same time, push electric cars and electric vehicles at a time of a battery shortage. Oh, when they have a battery shortage to power the transmission line, lines of the solar panels that are having trouble working. You know, did you ever wonder why during the heat wave in California, the solar that they built for years couldn't cut it? I mean, say what you want. There's a heck of a lot of sunshine during that uh, that heat wave. But the, but the deal was that they didn't have enough batteries for the transmission lines. This is being done by design. And this is really the first time, Stu, and I'm sure you remember whenever you had gas prices spike, each party would blame the other one. No, it's you. You did it. You did it here. For the first time, the Democrats were like, yeah, you know, this is how it should be. I mean, Jennifer Granholm, uh, the energy secretary is like, look, ideally, this is this is what it's going to uh, take to get people off of what they call our fossil fuels. Um, so it reminds me of covid where it seemed like they were enjoying it just too much. They liked it too much. They seemed to cut off any avenues of of alternatives. Remember, coal and gas and oil is the new ivermectin, hydro hydroxychloroquine. The, the parallels are too strong to ignore, and I really think this is the next step of You know, it's, it's fascinating, Daniel, because, you know, you look at this and you think, well, no, their argument is, oh, okay, we just want to be, you know, we want good, clean energy. We need to change from these old uh, systems. And, of course, you find out uh, when they start building, like, if there's an opportunity for a big solar uh, plant somewhere, a bunch of wind power, the same environmentalists step up and say, we don't want that either. And as you go down these roads, you realize that the point really <laughs> isn't uh, that, you know, some move to green energy or clean energy or they probably embrace nuclear or or, you know, embrace the thing that has brought down our emissions more than anything else, natural gas. Um, instead, they go down these roads. And as you write in, in your article, scarcity is the goal. This is not just your conclusion. Yes. Many other people are starting to look at this and say, hey, uh, when when we look at all these <laughs> things moving in this in these directions that all point to one direction, it seems like. The goal is not to get clean. The goal is to have a bunch of pain hit the American people. It, it, exactly. Um, you know, as I cite in that article, there was a chief of staff for a major European Union parliament member said for too long we have been uh, spending too little on food and fuel. They actually thought that was a bad thing because that's the cornerstone of freedom. And everyone knows the automobile is the symbol of American freedom, the expansiveness of our land, the freedom to not be subject to the you know craziness at, at airports with TSA. Um, and they, they don't like that. They don't like that. And I think the, the proof is in the pudding, as you mentioned, with nuclear and natural gas. You should be embracing that. If you don't like coal, all right. Uh, nuclear natural gas, but again, they are going after all of the nuclear, uh, uh, all of the natural gas uh, infrastructure, the pipelines. There are so many problems with that. Um, we have a lot of natural gas, but you got to pipe it in. 
And then nuclear. Look, I mean, we have not had another nuclear plant come online since 1996, I believe, in Tennessee was the last fully operational one mm. to come online. So every time we try to build one, you can't. It's as insurmountable as building a coal-fired plant. So everywhere you turn, no, no, no. And again, back to the parallel, that's why we call it the Fourth Reich. It wasn't like, man, we're really scared of COVID. We really want to take care of COVID. Well, then you would embrace the opportunity to, to treat it, right? Every single thing that would have treated it, from the nasal spray to the inhalers to ivermectin, no, that's horrible. No, 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 no. Why? And it's the same thing here. If you really want clean energy and you really don't like Russia – well, now would be the time to step on the gas pedal with nuclear and natural gas, and instead they're cutting it off. It sounds like a controlled demolition to me. Oh, and by the way, we do have to wonder what went on in the Baltic Sea on Monday. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's a whole a whole other story. Um, I also want to hit another thing that you wrote about, which I honestly didn't even hear word one of. I've heard of uh, I've heard of the Montreal Protocol. It goes back, uh, you know, several <laughs> decades. It's supposed to cure the ozone layer problem that we were having. And it's always been kind of promoted as one of the big environmental success stories over several decades. I never really bought into that narrative. But when we're going now, we're looking at the Montreal Protocol and it's not just Democrats who are on board uh, with this. A bunch of Republicans are on board with it as well. And it's, you know, the, one of God's great gifts to humanity, air conditioning. Now that's going to get more expensive, too. If you think about it, every last thing that we need, they seem to be going after medicine, um, food, fuel, uh, talk about eating bugs. They're even talking about drinking reprocessed sewage water. Water is something to watch for. Well, air conditioning is the thing behind that. I mean, that's the greatest invention of all time. <laughs> so it's these hydrofluorocarbons that are in the coolants that make air conditioning work and refrigeration as well. And they actually push them in order to uh, help the ozone layer. And now they're saying, well, it causes climate change. Well, that, unlike the ozone layer, is infinite. I mean, there's nothing you could ever disprove on that because the, uh, everything always changes if there's too few hurricanes, too many. So Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, um, bought into this. And this is an international treaty that's going to basically shut off all um, hydrofluorocarbons uh, by 2035. You know what this does. This is why appliances don't work. They're more expensive. And now throw in air conditioning, which is already very expensive because we're already doing this even without the treaty. The EPA has been cutting back on this. And I think it illuminates a broader point that even on an issue where broadly Republicans do seem to be drawing somewhat of a contrast from Democrats, but a lot of what we have, the ethanol mandates, the cafe standards, a lot of the smaller mm. issues that are pretty big, Republicans bought into them at some point. So maybe they didn't support the wholesale abolishment of oil, gas and coal, but they supported a lot of these harmful, officious regulations that get us these crappy appliances, these toilets that don't work. These, I mean, the dryers are awful and they're more expensive. This is why. This is why they complain about inflation, but they sign on to all this. And there's a, an important lesson there, Stu, in that a lot of people are like, Daniel, come on. They can't be as bad as the Democrats. People picture these blue-haired hippies, and they look at Republicans, and they don't uh, evince such an image. 
I don't think, do they necessarily believe in that? I don't know. But what they do believe in is big business. And big business has gotten in on all of this. The industries that have a monopoly like Honeywell, is they have the new technology. It's more expensive. They want to keep the market more expensive. They want to ensure that nobody else could break into the market with the traditional stuff that works. So it works for them. And this is why John Kennedy, Senator Kennedy, bought into this um, in Louisiana. That's where Honeywell is located. Um, this is why Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma, the governor, is pushing electric batteries and all this green infrastructure. Um, he said blatantly, this is where the investments are. And I understand it. If I'm a betting man, that's where it is. There is not no money in being principled. But that's the problem with Republicans. They take a when you can't beat him, join him mentality. So you'll hear from Republicans. We support an all of the above approach. Mm-hmm. And that sounds nice. So they don't oppose. They don't support getting rid of oil, gas and coal. But they do support a lot of these green energy subsidies and mandates that tilt the playing field in a way that will achieve the same result as the less you know, sustainable Agenda 2030 uh, objectives. And that's what we need to watch out for. It's the cronyism. Yeah, it really is amazing. Daniel, I have about two minutes left. I'm fascinated at this very fundamental thing, which is America and humanity's ability to innovate, to adapt to these situations, even if all their claims are true about the climate, we've seen over and over again that adaptation is really the answer. You go back to the hurricane that hit Galveston in 1900, 7,000 people died in that hurricane. We're not going to see 7,000 people die here, thankfully, in the, uh, the Florida hurricane. Not because there's not more people or more things going on in that area. It's much more heavily populated. But we've adapted. We've been able to push back. We've been able to master the climate, as, as our friend Alex Epstein talks about. And, and now we see a situation where there's a heat wave in uh, Europe. What's the answer to that? What will happen if it's these temperatures hit all the time? Well, that would be Dallas, right? Like, you know, if we do lose control of the climate in some of these ways, we have ways to push back by adapting to them with things like air conditioning. And yet here they are pushing back against all these wonderful inventions that humanity has come up with. And it seems to be constantly this pattern to just punish us. It's, it's really flabbergasting. It's uh, progressives are really regressives. Everything mm. goes back in time. Any product, any you know construction, nothing works anymore. It's more expensive. And, and this is where it comes from, this Kigali amendment with the air conditionings. And there's so many of them that we need to root out. But what I'm telling you is the incumbent players in the market all support the new current thing because they profit off of it. It's kind of like Pfizer with their stuff. And um, and I think now we have a glimpse into what unanimity of opinion on science looks like. The last two and a half years should demonstrate how you could on the surface have seemingly almost everyone in a per- profession agree to something, but to have that wrong because they all drink out of the same sewer pipe. It's really one source. And unfortunately, it ropes in both parties. Mm, so much of this is part of, the, as you mentioned, the Great Reset. I know Glenn has his book out. You have your book, The Fourth <laughs> yep. Reich, out as well. goes into a lot of this stuff. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, of course, he's from uh, The Blaze, of course. And, of course, uh, Conservative Review, the podcast as well. Make sure to check it out every day. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the program again. Thank you. Great to be with you.
Hey, did you know our president is senile? Yeah, he's running, he's you know, leader of the free world and uh, really completely senile. Yesterday he was talking to people about, people who were dead. He was like, hey, Jackie, where are you? Uh, well, she passed away, sadly, uh, and tragically. Uh, but thank you for bringing that up, Joe. And then the terrible responses from Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, trying to explain it, where I, I think it's the first time I've actually felt a little bad for Corinne Jean-Pierre, because there's really no way to justify this. There's no way. There's nowhere to go. Uh, she just has no, there's no way to explain walking up in front of an audience and saying, hey, where's the dead person? It's just not going to happen. Um, so we have, of course, our Senility Now line of merchandise uh, available at studosmerch.com. The code is Stu10 if you'd like to save uh, 10%. Uh, Case, our uh, producer, is uh, filling in this week, and he happened to be wearing the Senility Now shirt and is, well, that's not, you didn't just bring in the Senility Now mug. We just had that. But you've got the Senility Now uh, shirt, Senility, Senility, Senility Now, it's hard to say, uh, mug as well. And you can get that at stewdoesmerch.com. Make sure to check it out there. You can even get the stickers where you can stick those on the gas pump if you want. They're kind of expensive Latinx. stickers for that. What is that? Was that again, Joe? I forgot. I missed you. What was that? Latinx. Latinx, yes. All, even Latinx people <laughs> can get their Senility Now stuff at uh, studosmerch.com. The code is Stu10. So John Fetterman is back in the news. He's, of course, not for anything good because it's impossible for him to do anything good. Um, although this one, I mean, you could argue, I guess. Uh, he is trying to hide his previous support of Black Lives Matter, which is fascinating. It's just fascinating. The same thing's going on with Beto here in Texas. There's a bunch of ads running showing Beto uh, talking to, I think, on a podcast saying, hey, everybody, look at me. I really support Black Lives Matter and I support them so much. I really love what they're doing with defunding the police. It's a great idea. Now, of course, he's running for governor and he's, you know, sprinting away from those positions as fast as possible. Same thing going on with John Fetterman, because everybody knows now, of course, Black Lives Matter as an organization has been kind of outed as a really a sham organization. Um, and of course, we all knew the entire time. It was never a secret. Black Lives Matter the entire time. So the organization not really necessary. In fact, they did tons and tons of damage. Anyway, uh, it used to say uh, John Fetterman served as mayor to a city that is more than 80 percent black and has championed the idea that black lives matter since long before it became a hashtag. Hmm. Um, that, uh, of course, was eliminated from the website because he doesn't want you to know that that's what he was Doing Now, of course, people like Blake Masters have been uh, dragged through the coals over and over and over again for him changing his website when it comes to the abortion issue. Not the same amount of attention going to Fetterman on this one. We'll see if that uh, changes any time soon. Of course, to be fair, the guy can barely stand. So I don't know. That really should be enough. I mean, yes, he's a socialist. And yes, he should you know, be nowhere near the, go the, the governor's office. Uh, or the mansion without, uh, you know, just because of his socialism. However, oh, no, he's going for Senate, sorry. I'm getting confused with him. And the, I'm getting confused with all the crappy politicians running for uh, office in Pennsylvania. He was the lieutenant governor. Now he's going to be senator. And so he wants to be senator. He should not be anywhere near the Senate because he's a socialist. In addition to that, he also can't stand. That's a whole another situation. By the way, uh, Queen Elizabeth, we have an official cause of death now. 
And I, I was on the edge of my seat for this. What could it be? I don't know. You know, I thought maybe uh, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome? No. Old age. That's a, re- that's a real report. <laughs> she died of old age. She was 96. I mean, she didn't die of youth. Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, has uh, overseen a wonderful set of elections, totally legitimate, in which everybody in these four regions said, you know what we want to do is join Russia right now. And they were all between like 87 and 95 percent. My honest question here is, why do they always do it like this? Why not basically just say it was like 65, 35? Like, why not make it at least seem close? Like, oh. You know, make it. Why? Why even count the votes? Why even say you're counting? The, just do it. Uh, they obviously are, have no choice in the matter, but they were overwhelmingly approved to pull out of uh, Ukraine and go to uh, become part of Russia in sham elections. And now uh, Vladimir Putin will annex these four regions. And then when people are attacking and, you know, when the Ukrainians are attacking and trying to get their land back, they will say you're attacking Russia. So that's uh, you've crossed the line now. You're attacking Russia. This is Russian territory. And this is supposedly going to be their justification to up the ante when it comes to massive uh, increases in the amount types of weapons they're using. Obviously, the top of that peak is the nuclear threat. We'll see if any of that happens. And the first openly transgender officer uh, made had a real accomplishment. You know, uh, in in the military here, we're very excited about this in the army. Um, uh, They were indicted Thursday on uh, charges of trying to provide American soldiers medical information to the Russian government. So this just goes to show you, you know, just like with the uh, very recent controversy on Netflix with Jeffrey Dahmer and the LGBTQIA2 plus community tag, uh, every group has got crappy people in it. And it's important to remember that no matter where, how you identify, you also may very well suck. Ah, remember the days when we had inflation under control and then something happened. Something weird happened. I can't remember exactly what it was, and I can't remember when exactly it was. So let's be fair. Let's go across the aisle and talk to the Obama economist and uh, Treasury Secretary Larry Summers. Maybe he can identify when we lost the threat on inflation. We basically had inflation under control for 40 years. 40 years, and then what? Despite the fact that the price of oil fluctuated, despite the fact that there were all kinds of uh, supply shocks. Sure. Um, we lost the thread, uh, along with many other countries, um, about a year and a half ago with massively expansionary policies relative to the size of the GDP gap. The fiscal stimulus was five times as large as it had been during the financial crisis. But other than that, we're doing really, really well right now. Congratulations to the Biden administration, who now can even even Obama economists are blaming them for all the crap that's going on right now. Of course, this is uh, true. I mean, it's not completely true. I mean, look, we spent multiple trillions of dollars before that as well. And it's that was a bipartisan uh, portion, uh, though it just was made much, much worse by Joe Biden. If you want to push back against inflation, you're thinking to yourself, I want to get a Blaze TV uh, subscription. But, I, you know, inflation's going on. It's kind of a pain. 
We can get you 10 bucks off right now if you go to blazetv.com slash stew. Use that promo code stew and you will save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. You know, you might say, well, I don't want to spend any more money. Well, who else is going to point out what's going on in the world? It's basically just us. Blazetv.com slash stew. We'll see you tomorrow.